Hello, fair listener. Thank you for downloading the Gridiron Show. We appreciate it as always. We hope you enjoy our awards special. But just to forewarn you, this one maybe got a little bit out of hand at times and a couple of minor swears might have slipped their way through the edit process. So maybe not one to listen to around your kids. But make sure you do tweet us your opinion on all the nonsense that we do spout at Gridiron. Enjoy the show. Gridiron Show, and it's our pre-season, post-season award special, because football is just four days away. Three nights from now, you will be watching the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos going at it in a Super Bowl replay in an opener for the first time in nearly 50 years. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. This is the Gridiron Show. You are listening to The Gridiron Show. Will Gavin in studio. Ollie Hunter with me as always. Good evening, Ollie. How are you, sir? Grand. All the better for seeing not just you in the studio, but someone else too. Have we got some kind of drum roll or tension music or something that we can use to build up to this man being here? I'm all, I'd also accept the Kitwatch theme and I'd just sing his name afterwards. Whatever, whatever you can bring me, Ollie Hunter, on the ones and twos, lay it on me because uh, I want to sing. <laughs> <laughs> Paolo Bandini, the legendary, the great Bandini of the Guardian, and often of this parish, we're at Talksport too. He's here almost as much as I am, and I work here full time uh, <laughs> doing the, the European football show and the new NFL show with Nat Coombs. Paolo, uh, this is genuinely a real delight. How are you? They still treat me with suspicion at the front door, though. I don't know if you get that as well, even though you sort of have a card. I feel no, like every dude, time that's I come Yassir. Here, Yassir treats everyone with suspicion. <laughs> yeah. But, Paolo, I have one thing to say to you. What's that? Oh, wait. <laughs> that's all staying in, just so you know. Total bang. Total bang. Do you understand what that means? Uh, it's Come on, I mate, you're Latin. Portuguese. You're uh, Latin! Everything, every, everything all right? Have we got the... Uh, <laughs> you all right? You're all right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Have we got the Godfather music to drop in at some point as well? Uh, I've that. decided against that uh, racial stereotyping and uh, believe Look that we that. can no longer do that. I'm with you, Paolo. Right, there is a huge... I feel so respected. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a surprise. That's because you demand respect, particularly on the day of your daughter's wedding. Uh, <laughs> this is... Look, we've got so much to get to today. There's a huge amount of news. The NFL cut its rosters down to 53 and there were a couple of shock moves and an absolutely blockbuster trade in terms of the picks exchanged at least. And we're going to do our pre-season This isn't that punter one that you went on about last time. No, not the Andy Lee punter trade. That was a big one. It's one of the most boring ones that we've ever, (laughs) ever had to talk about. Getting a mid-round pick for a punter is pretty good work from the Browns. I mean, they are people too, but really. Brilliant. Uh, So we'll get to all of that as well. Uh, And it's just, we've got our pre-season, post-season awards. So we did this show last year, and uh, we'll go through some of the outcomes of last year. So this is just to give you a pre-warning. Having listened back to last year's show and heard the quality, it's the pre-season, post-season Gridiron Award Show! There we go. Been waiting for that for five minutes. Thanks, mate. Uh, 
Having listened to some of our picks from last year, they were genuinely farcical, some of them, including Matt Sherry from Gridiron, who'll be joining us on the line to make his choices later on, who decided the biggest disappointment of the 2015 season was going to be... Cam Newton. <laughs> 35 touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns, and a Super Bowl appearance later. That was not so disappointing. Whereas there were some pretty good predictions as well. Ollie, for his biggest disappointment, chose Philadelphia Eagles head coach Chip Kelly. Oh. Pretty good shout, mate. Pretty good shout, the buddy. The only thing I got right. Uh, yeah, we'll go through some of those as well because they're fun to look back on. And it's, it just feels like... This week, the games are back, and really, the joy from like the NFL community in the UK is just radiating, because we've, we've had it announced, all the games that are going to be on Sky, BBC are going to be doing radio coverage again this year, uh, TalkSport have got their all-NFL show coming up, and uh, Tayo, who works here at TalkSport too, he uh, works on 606 on BBC as well, and knows a lot of the people involved in NFL UK media, so like, well, us guys, obviously, Paolo, he knows Mike Holt, who does the BBC show, Simon Cross, Phil Spooner, who you've heard on with Nat Coombs and he just said is the season about to start to me today and it's like yeah and he's like yeah my Twitter and all of my social media is just all a buzz about the NFL all of a sudden it's so excited how excited are you Paolo Bandini I'm pretty excited oh yeah <laughs> that, that's why we got, know, that's why we got him on that was uh, underwhelming yeah uh, I, I, I thanks mate I thought I'd I thought I'd you know bring the mood uh, down a little bit it was getting a bit carried away no I'm I'm very excited you know I am um, I, I'm unfortunately I'm excited but I'm also really I'm actually a little bit stressed about this season. I'm a little bit anxious. It, I'm uncomfortable with the idea that people keep saying that the Cardinals going to be brilliant. You have to understand that for someone who supported that team, and I know we've been getting better, I know everyone's been being Bruce Arians up, but people are genuinely sort of positioning us amongst the Super Bowl favourites, and that's just not a situation that I can feel comfortable Look, about. We're, we're going to be hearing from three guys today, in you and in Sherry and in Ollie, who support teams who are all being tipped for the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> and then, I'm relatively sure, one of our pre-season, post-season awards is the number one overall pick for next season. And if it's not a consensus... Sorry, on the are you, you're relatively sure that one of our... Our awards <laughs> you wrote the awards list. Damn How it. are you relatively sure? The other ones that we've got for our awards, just so you know, are the biggest disappointment award, also known as the Seven and Nine Bullshit Award. Uh, the first head coach to be fired, Rookie of the Year, not called Zeke Elliott, Comeback Player of the Year, Surprise All Pro, Playoffs and Super Bowl and winner, and the MVP. Um, uh, that's MVP, not of the Super Bowl, of the whole season. Let's clarify that after last season's cock-up. Uh, and loads of yours off Twitter as well, so you can get in touch with us at Gridiron and letting us know the ones you want to hear from us as well. All right, great. Let's get some news. Is, is there anything anyone wants to touch on before we get to some news? Ah, uh, is there anything... College football. ...personal life that people want to bring in? Uh, not Nothing personal, but college football. <laughs> college football did come back this weekend that it was an amazing weekend. The best slate of games for an opening weekend in college in a very long time. The standout moment of the weekend for me was the LSU defeat, but not only the defeat, the last (laughs) minute penalty (laughs) where it was, the the ball was picked off and it was one of the most flagrant, like, dead ball penalties I've ever seen where he just takes the guy out when the play is clearly done. It's unbelievable. Have you seen it, Paolo? I don't actually think I have, no. You're a disgrace. (laughs) It's, um, uh, he's, the, the, Wisconsin picks off the LSU uh, quarterback and he's as um, as you know in college as soon as you go to ground even if you're not hit mm-hmm. the the play's over so mm-hmm. he's gone to ground everybody knows the play's over he's done a little bit of a celebration they've pretty much won the game with 50 seconds to go 
and then this offensive lineman just comes in and shoulder barges this little little cornerback. He's he's smaller than me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. The helmet was down. The shoulder was <laughs> forward. He, he, he trucked that guy to the floor. It was brutal. It's uh, one of the worst things you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were going to do a look around the first weekend of the college on today's show, and Simon Clancy was going to join us, but he decided the Paralympics in Rio were too important. Am I not allowed to make jokes about the Paralympics in Rio? Is that, is that not seen as socially acceptable? Uh... Paolo and I would like to distance ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dissing the Paralympics or the Paralympians. More Simon Clancy deciding that we're not important enough. Ironically, him. you look a little bit like Andy from uh, Little <laughs> Bricket. And who, so, sorry, <laughs> I'm the one being offensive. <laughs> you are a ludicrous human being. Right, let's get to the news then. And the huge news from Cuts Day and beyond was that the Minnesota Vikings, as we discussed on the last show, Teddy Bridgewater goes down. Who are they going to bring at quarterback? Sean Hill, great backup quarterback back not someone you want for a full 16 game season they go and they give a first and a fourth round pick which can be upgraded to a third or second round based on performance so a fourth round pick (laughs) for sam bradford from the philadelphia eagles Uh, this okay this is howie rhodesman is a genius he is a genius to get rid of Bradford and his and his cat and, and and his salary and stuff, but I saw Minnesota Vikings fans on social media going, "Oh, hopefully we can tank it, get a low first round, give up a low first round pick, and therefore we've got value." You idiots! Why would you? Well, no, no, you not tank it. A low first round pick. You uh, sorry, to sorry. Do well, no, 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 yeah, okay. So, d- okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I stuffed up. That makes much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before the pick, they were certainly talking about whether or not the season was worth it. The, the, the kind of first big question, uh, Bradford, for me, not necessarily worth a first and a fourth. I'm probably underselling it. There's, there's a few big questions on this, and the, and the main one is: Is Sam Bradford the difference between making the Vikings a contender come January and even February, or is he? just a placeholder for the next year, year and a half till Teddy Bridgewater's back. Well, I, I sort of just wanted to pull back on Sam Bradford to you saying, with the biggest disappointment, your uh, favourite award, the uh, 7 and 9 Bullshit Award. Let's let's look at Sam Bradford's teams that he has started on <laughs> since he came into the league. So, the 2010 uh, St. Louis Rams, they were 7 and 1. I'm oh, sorry, I'm telling... Uh, yeah, they were 7 and 9. Yeah, that's 2010. 2011... They only go 7 and 9. Yeah. Well, no, 2011, admirably, he did... I mean, he only played 10 games in 2011, but admirably, he did break the trend by going 2 and 14. 2012, 7, 8 and 1. Uh, 2013 again he only started 7 games because Sam Bradford so he's never going to start well rarely going to start 16 games 2013 7-9 again uh, 2014 he missed the whole year so we'll skip that one 2015 he was in Philadelphia they went 7-9 so- uh, the, the exact stats that uh, I saw on Twitter was that he has five win- five, 25 wins in the last 5 seasons and they've given up a first and a fourth round pick from him it's absolute yeah. craziness Howie Roseman who, how he's managed to turn around I don't think they ever would have gone out and traded for Sam Bradford last year if They'd known that Carson Wentz was in play and that they could go out and get him. And we'll talk about Wentz as well. He's been announced the starter for week one. We will get to that. But he's now managed to turn that around into almost getting a bulk of his picks back, getting the top guy that he wanted in the draft, and his roster looking better than it did a week ago. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it feels a bit like... um how you imagined PSG felt when they managed to get David Luiz back to Chelsea at 30, 35 million. <laughs> Actually, we've managed to turn that one around. But no, I mean, what makes it even more mad for me, well, I, I sort of understand 
Well, I don't understand. I'm not in the war room, but I can imagine what has happened in Minnesota, which they've looked at the team they've got, which is genuinely a really good team. And you look at it particularly for the fact that Adrian Peterson, he's 31, he's not going to carry on going forever. And you think maybe we had a team that was ready to make a run here. At least that's what they thought in the building. They were ready to make a run. And you try and fix it as best you can to make the run. But the problem is, as well, as on top of everything else, on top of how I feel about Sam Bradford as a quarterback generally, he's coming in like, a week before the start of the season mm-hmm. with no time to learn the offense, which is not a small deal. That's not and, a sort and, of easy, and he's just get in and pick it up. Throwing to Stefan Diggs, who's only in his second year as a, a viable starter. Laquan Treadwell, who's a rookie and admittedly looked like the most pro-ready rookie. And he's a big guy and he can catch in traffic, but doesn't, you know, that's not... Carl Rudolph, who only rates him sit at tight end. He's never <laughs> yeah, no one shown else the does. production to actually be that. Okay, he's got Adrian Peterson there, but... Hmm. I question whether or not, if they hadn't just cut the ribbon on a billion-dollar, brand-new, beautiful, glass-roof stadium, if they hadn't done that, would they have gone out and spent all of this on getting what looks like a franchise quarterback because they know they need to be able to sell that to the team and be able to say, look, we need success this year, particularly Adrian Peterson, probably in his last year in Minnesota. Mm. Uh, Maybe it has two years left, but last year is a viable top-tier starter at his age. Just all of that combined points to why they've done this and even though I has I've stated on previous podcasts love Mike Zimmer this just isn't the right move I'm sorry it's just and what it's done for me and there's been a couple of other moves uh, that happened around uh, the I was going to call it transfer deadline day around <laughs> cuts day that have thrown the NFC North completely up in the air for me and I had done my NFC picks already before who's my wild card who's my NFC North winner who else gets in there as well we'll get on to what the Packers and they've been doing utterly ludicrously Ollie in just a moment's time be prepared to discuss that and have the sad music ready but there were a couple of other quarterback moves that happened Austin Davis signed with the Denver Broncos off the back of Mark Sanchez becoming the new signal quarter with the caller with the Cowboys. Is he though now, ahead of Dak Prescott? No, no, what's expected is basically that Dak Prescott will still start from week one but will be on a very short leash. Fine. For the same reason Paolo's just said. He's just coming into a new system. And admittedly, Dallas is a reasonably simple system, zone mm. blocking system. You know, you've got lob it to Des Bryant and everyone's and, and fine. That's, and that's kind of the difference between this and, and the and the Bradford trade is that yes, he's got talent around him, but the level of talent that uh, Mark Sanchez walks into with the best line in the league, one of the best rookie rookies we've seen come out of the draft in the last five or ten years in terms of uh, ceiling, in terms of talent, and, and a top ten wide receiver there. Yeah. J- Jason Witten, who admittedly is on the latter end of his career but is Tony Gonzalez-esque in how he will continue to produce and be there as a safety Mm. blanket so he walks into a much better situation and actually yeah I think Sanchez to the Cowboys is probably the more sensible move that's really saying something about the butt fumbler isn't it yeah it really is (laughs) really is but the, the other move that really stunned me on Cuts Day was that the Bears, the Bears, the, they, they were involved eventually. The Packers, so desperate they were to cut Josh Sitton. That, Ollie, what the great news is, is we don't have to change our all NFC North team. Because Josh no. Sitton, who was the first <laughs> name on there for our offensive line, isn't leaving the NFC North. He signs a three year deal with the Chicago Bears. Suddenly, the Packers have what was a position of strength go to a potential position of weakness and the Bears have maybe the best inside line in a good chunk of the NFL outside of Dallas maybe the best inside line in the entire league it's craziness I mean it is craziness and I was flabbergasted and astounded why we would get rid of an all I think he's seven time all pro guy Mm. however 
Seven, I think seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. Sorry, that's it. Seven-time Pro Bowler. But, however, looking at a Rob Demofsky, friend of the show... Do um, love Rob Demofsky. He says that it's, there was more to it than meets the eye. Uh, Josh Sitton publicly criticised mm. uh, the, the, the offensive play calling uh, after the, the defeat to the Cardinals in Week 16, not so even did, in the so playoffs. Did everyone did, because well, the offensive did. play calling was terrible for it, the everyone did. last year. Two weeks later, when, when this was put to Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy said, and I quote, Josh Sitton needs to play guard instead of bellyaching about play calling. So there's a lot more to meets the eye with this. However, they are getting rid of a guy who's got loads of experience, which is something that Aaron Rodgers needs in front of him. It, it barely gets injured, and uh, now they now he's gone to a, a divisional rival. Okay, it is the Bears, but it is a. I'm from a football point of view, I, it's baffling. I'm gutted that I consistently passed on Jeremy Langford in fantasy draft, saying it's a flash in the pan. He's not going to do it again this year because actually he's suddenly got a line that means that he doesn't need to be a good running back to be gaining four yards a carry mm. and be carrying a workload. And uh, for the Bears, I'm starting to warm to them. I, I'm jumping on the Bears bandwagon a oh, little mate, bit here. Come on, just remember Dixon. Well, yeah, yeah there is that. Yeah. But uh, look, it's. What stuns me is that it's not like the Packers aren't a contender. If the 49ers or the Browns or someone like that have a player belly aching about the coaching, the play, whatever else it might be, and they decide, right, that guy might be a guy who's been with us a long time, he might be an all-pro, but we don't need that in the locker room while we're trying to rebuild. Let's just get rid because we're in a rebuilding process anyway. You were my pick to take the Super Bowl this year, and I know a guard shouldn't change that. But it has. <laughs> you're a, you're I, a, you are an unbelievable human being. The Packers, <laughs> uh, well, uh, just a little bit of a preview towards our end of season awards, are uh, no longer my Super Bowl pick. And despite the fact that I've been banging on the Packers drum for the last three months, because it just shows a mentality for me that is the wrong way to be approaching it. Ted Thompson consistently yeah. has considered team building and being uh, frugal and everything else more important than going out and getting that second championship for Aaron Rodgers or third or fourth because there is that potential there and I, it's a disgrace. Didn't someone tweet us and say that the Packers are the Arsenal over the NFL? No, I tweeted, ah, oh, the Packers the Arsenal that of the NFL. That was you. That was actually me that tweeted that. Oh. They, I, I, Ted I mean, it's Thompson quite a good analogy. the Arsene Wenger and they are the Arsenal of the yeah. NFL. Um, the Bears also did sign Carl Long to a $40 million contract extension completing the, the two guards that do now look so impressive there whereas the Packers are going to be starting possibly Lane Taylor it seems so yeah fourth year pro yeah I mean 2013 undrafted free agent but to be fair he came in and played across the line last season when we had various offensive linemen go <laughs> uh, you know saying that makes it even more ridiculous that we've lost him uh, Josh Sitton but he came in and didn't disgrace himself actually played really well across the line so he's someone that that's done it before has come in Aaron Rodgers trusts but you know, it, Paolo, I don't know whether you've got any further thoughts on this, but yeah, I was I'm, just, I'm kind of sad. You know, I was just uh, putting my hat on something I, I uh, read earlier, which is uh, uh, just some guy who's written about uh, this suggestion um, propagated in an oral uh, history of the Packers with Pat Pepler, who was Vince Lombardi's uh, director of player personnel, where he talked about Lombardi being a coach who always got rid of guys at the when they sort of reached that tipping point of around 30 and moved people on. Mm. And that was sort of uh, one of his calling cards. And I, I get that 
argument to a point but um and i do think there's something in being a coach who's smart enough to know when to cut the tie and make the next step and then that way you can uh, but to me that's about extracting value you know you could have traded a guy like josh Sinton. it's like, that's, always that's... it's always been the pro one of the big arguments for bill belichick beyond just his coaching ability has been that he knows when to get rid of a yeah. guy and he always likes to go early but and there's also something in that that's not just about the guy you're getting rid of. It's about reminding the locker room that it's not about one guy. It's about A, the team, and B, me, I'm the head coach, and you know what, I'm more important than all of you. Even if it's not an explicit message of that, that is sort of the message. And look, McCarthy's won, won a lot of games in Green Bay, and I don't for a second believe that the Packers won't be in the playoffs again this year. My kind of feeling on it, I, don't, I still have them going to the playoffs, and I, I keep spoiling uh, later on, but um, the fact is that this move just says to me they they uh, most of that offensive line is in a contract year mm. and i just think you weren't able to trade him we know they were trying to trade him they didn't get the value they wanted so they end up cutting him just keep him around for a year it's a contract year so mm. regardless of his belly aching he has to play to a decent level if he wants to get a starting job next year and go for that championship and then let him go at the end of the year i, I mean i suppose the other thing i will say um on that. I know we're talking a lot about yeah, an interior offensive lineman, but it's, the overall arching issues apply to many players in the league and many teams. And it was a very surprising cut. And I, I just think the, the other thing there, with a player like this, with the with the situation it is, with what Ollie said about the Week 16 game against Arizona, you feel like if it was something that he knew was an issue, McCarthy, this would have been done before the preseason games even began. It makes me think that there is something that's gone on in preseason that has made him think, this can't. This is an untenable situation. This guy is in some way damaging the locker room. I don't know what that is. I have no insight into that whatsoever. But I just don't. There has to be something that's more to this than what we've seen. Well, no. McCarthy says once again, there's a lot that goes into this decision. So he's he's seen the whole of training camp. He's seen some of the preseason games. He's obviously worked different combinations across that offensive line. Yep. Perhaps like Peyton Manning reached his ceiling, Josh Sitton reached his ceiling, and that's something that he saw. Uh, and, and decided, right, let's just get rid. I've had a few issues personally with the player as well. Get rid. Uh, it's, it's really interesting. Paolo. Yes. What's your favourite Elton John song? <laughs> this was an awards category last year, and I don't. I, I still to this day don't know why. Clancy went for Tiny Dancer. Sherry went for Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Oh, get out, Sherry. This problem. I said Rocket Man. Ollie said Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. I, in the last 12 months... <laughs> have switched allegiances to Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, but specifically the George Michael and Elton John version. Have I, you heard that version? Incredible. I need to ask a question about this, because this came up, and obviously I was presented this uh, invitation to come on the show, and it was the <laughs> post-season... It was, a, it was an official the, invitation. It was it an was... invitation <laughs> to take part in the Great Gridiron post-season, pre-season uh, awards show, right? Yeah. So, so I am supposed to We will to get be, to those awards I'm as well, by the way. Be, but that's what I need to know, Will, because this, this is a different question. Are you asking me what my favourite Elton John song is, or are you asking me what my favourite Elton John song will be at the end of the season? Oh! <laughs> wow! That's... Me- I can't... I, that's, I can't wrap my head around that. Mind officially blown. What's your favourite Elton John song right now? That's the big question. That's a tough one. I mean, think, think about it. Let's get on to the rest yeah, of the news right. so we can do those postseason, preseason awards. 
There we go. You got there eventually. Thanks, Ollie. <laughs> uh, there, quite a lot of week one news coming out this week. Carson Wentz has been named the Eagles starting quarterback. Doug Peterson said that the rookie will make the start on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, not many better defences to have your first NFL start against. Uh, obviously, they also went out and spent this money on Daniels in the offseason as well. But I think the fact is, is that they knew that he was going to be the backup to Sam Bradford and then when Sam Bradford went they might as well go well rather than putting Chase Daniels in let's throw the dice and give Carson Wentz a go we spent all this capital on him we're not a team who are necessarily going to compete at the top level this year let's see what the kid can do yeah I agree I I don't really see uh, uh, at the point of trading Bradford and I think that if you are the Eagles uh, in the situation they're in where I don't think that well maybe they do view themselves as a contender I don't view them as a contender Um, I think uh, I think if someone comes along and offers you that, that money for Sam Bradford, then you obviously bite their, their arm off. And yeah, it's a slightly awkward situation. You didn't want to throw him in straight away. But I don't know that I, I don't know that I buy this idea that if you put a, quarter, a rookie in too soon, you're going to ruin him forever. I mean, unless he literally injures himself, there, there it's, it's all a learning curve anyway. Uh, and, get, you can, uh, and you can sit a rookie for a year and he'll still have to come in and have a learning curve at some point. And we'll talk, there's a, at least one more rookie course back we want to talk about in this situation, but I think you're right, as long as they are developed over time. We saw it happen with Blake Bortles in the first year, that actually he had a massive drop-off after maybe seven or eight starts, because mm. actually he'd never played that many games consistently. He was being hit so often because the line was so bad, and his arm just looked tired by the end of the season. He generally looked like he'd just thrown the ball too much. And in his second year, he made a big leap forward, and a lot of that was to do with his fitness and his conditioning. So yeah, I'm with you on that, and certainly that conversation will continue into the awards. Trust me, Steelers have placed Bud Dupree on injured reserve. No, Ollie, I don't know what's happened to Alvin Dupree. Okay, I just good. know that Bud Dupree has been placed on injured reserve. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, the, it's a massive blow for the Steelers' defence. Uh, Dupree uh, set for a big, big role uh, this year. 20, number 22 overall pick in 2015. The outside linebacker slowly brought in last season, but ended the season with four sacks, 26 tackles in five starts. Pretty impressive stuff. It's a big, big loss for a Steelers team that just seems to be having them constantly. They also went away and traded for the Browns' Justin Gilbert. The Browns keep getting value for all these busts. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Like what they got for Barkevius Mingo, getting you know the Andy Lee trade, which we're not allowed to talk about, but getting a sixth-round pick for the firmer, former first overall from the Steelers. Pretty impressive stuff. Uh, Colin Kaepernick has this thing has continued we i don't know how you feel about the whole colin kaepernick situation paolo we gave a lot of our view on it last week i'll just say two things firstly that in the last two weeks since this has all come out they've sold more colin kaepernick jerseys than they did in the last 12 months combined that's insane isn't it people obviously just love a political stance i Uh, love and a backup i love that we saw and a backup (laughs) i love that we saw in the seahawks preseason game a couple of the players also sitting Mm -hmm. uh throughout there so i think jeremy the cornerback sat, as did... Uh, Didn't Eric Reid from... Uh, I, I, Eric Reid also sat from the 49ers But that was against well. the Chargers, wasn't it? Um, so uh, you, we've got other people who are joining in, particularly when it's that kind of rivalry between those two teams, but they're rising above that for something they stand in. And now Obama has weighed in. Obama? Bama! Not Bama, the one you were watching this weekend in <laughs> the in the college football. Do you think um, that's his college team? Uh, I, oh, Bama! Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, 100%. I love the idea that he's sitting there watching him doing exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bama! 
It's definitely Michelle Obama's team. Oh, Bama! Can you do that? You can't do that, can you? I don't think so, no. Um, Interestingly that there is a... uh, Interestingly that there has been a... um, If I get whisked into a a back of a... (laughs) I don't know, some sort of unmarked car (laughs) because of that... um, We we don't live in the I'll be in Area 51. You have a constitutional right to say that, don't you worry. But this came out after this week, the the San Francisco Police Union... We've got it. Serious time for a moment, guys. The San Francisco Police Union said that they might not work 49ers games if Colin Kaepernick continued sick. So, as the guy from the Washington Post put it, so uh, the people who are meant to defend the constitutional rights of citizens are going to protest if a black guy does something which is for his constitutional rights. It's absolutely ridiculous. It makes them look stupid. But Obama's come out and said, Kaepernick has the constitutional right to process. We should allow him to do it. Whether you agree with his methods or his thought, it's his right to do so. So, Bama is behind it. We're, we're all in. We're all in. I well, didn't actually. I asked you briefly. What was your thought on the situation? <laughs> I, I mean, I think that the only relevant point there is the one which Obama has made, which is that it is his constitutional <laughs> right say, to The do one it, in so. which we make a joke about yeah. Michelle Obama is the <laughs> only relevant point. <laughs> no, I mean, it? that's that. I'm I'm pleased that that happened because I'm so bored of this already, and it's going to drag on for weeks. That I think that Ollie has has at least made it fun. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's uh, the light and the shade that we bring here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Arian Foster will start over Jay Ajayi in the Dolphins opener. That's been confirmed. I think more than anything, that's about Arian Foster's fitness. I think we expected it based yeah, no on surprise. overall skill level. Uh, the Niners have cut Bruce Miller. Bit of fullback chat after assault charges because the 49ers can't buy a f- break. Uh, Whoa. Malik Jackson has said the Jaguars are going to surprise some people. Well, will they make the playoffs in our preseason, postseason, end of season awards? Who knows? We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Justin Forsett has re-signed with the Ravens. Uh, His departure didn't last long, as was speculated about at the time. He was set to make $3 million in 2016. Uh, They cut him and hoped he'd pass through waivers on the basis that no one would be willing to pay a 30-year-old running back that sort of money. He did get through waivers, and they're going to bring him back on a much cheaper, much more team-friendly deal. I think that makes sense. He didn't have a great season last season. It it showed, I think, 2014 was... uh you know, it, I think maybe a flash in the not flash in the pan, but it was an anomaly for Justin Forsett's career, and now he's getting the a right amount of money for his talent. Uh, now, I, the, the, my problem with this is I want to ask you about the teams as we go along, but I think we're going to get into it with the awards. The Texans are a team a lot of people are uh, supporting this year as maybe retaking the AFC South, despite that division getting much tougher, and they've had a couple of really bit good bits of news in the last 48 hours. J.J. Watt has passed a physical, returned to Texas practice and been removed from the pup list before the start of the season. He may even play some snaps in their week one game. Some speculation he might miss a few weeks with this injury. And Dwayne Brown, their star left tackle, has also come off the pup list as well. Not necessarily expected to start the season, but has been removed from the physically unable to perform list and should be, which prevents him from missing the first six weeks of the season. Two big bits of news for the Texans, particularly with yeah. that new offensive pieces. The Dwayne and, Brown uh, bit is sort of almost uh, not that uh, essential because JJ will just slot in at left tackle <laughs> while also <laughs> snapping himself the ball, throwing a pass, catching it. Yeah. One of the only bears that Ollie Hunter actually likes, Devin Hester. Uh, has agreed to a one-year deal with the Ravens and is still in the league. Only because he hates you. He's got to be about uh, 80 by now. 
Uh, apparently he's only a 10-year veteran. I'm not, I'm not sure that's true. Um, Randy Gregory is still facing a 10-game suspension. He had it confirmed that his four-game suspension for uh, the substance abuse violation has been upheld, and he's waiting to find out if the 10-game suspension will be upheld for another substance abuse violation. The NFL will get back to him. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And finally, the Patriots' Rob Ninkovich is facing a four-game suspension. And there's the, there's a thing with the Patriots, and I know we'll talk about them a bit with the awards, but they are losing piece after piece after piece off both sides of the ball, and they've had injuries. They've had. Do we think that, oh, this, this won't affect them, or they're fine, they can go 0-4 to start the season, they'll still bounce back? Do we all re- do believe that, or is there anyone starting to think... Maybe the Patriots could be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I mean, so th- this is a, this is a question that I was uh, debating with someone just the other day. I-, I feel like it's been imprinted on my mindset about the Patriots ever since the year when Brady went down and Castle came in. They just won eleven games anyway, and then later we confirmed that Matt Castle really isn't like a great quarterback. He's yeah. just just took the Patriots to the Patriots. I just sort of even looking at it, look, even looking at it, even knowing they've got Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm just fine. The Patriots, of course, going to win, but it is it is a totally valid question. They are going to have. A guy we have zero idea if he's capable of, of leading a team uh, and winning games at quarterback for four games. They have Tom Brady, who is at some point going to get older and get uh, and start to show some signs of deterioration. You know, he's not he's not a young man. Um, yeah, I, I think that there are reasons to believe that this team could take a little bit of a step back. I guess the the thing that is still the question that associates with that is a is anyone in the AFC. Uh, East good enough to do anything about it if they do, um, and uh, and B just how far is it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think I definitely expect them to take a step back with those four games at the beginning, and I think that people are underestimating the hole they could put themselves in if they do. And the thing is, like, even I'm saying that and thinking, yeah, but I still expect them to, even if they do, even if they're at home and four, I'd probably still think they get to ten and six by the end of the season. But I think that, I think people have been a bit too blasé about it. Good. I'm glad. I think Rob Ninkovich is a really big missing piece. I think how important he is to their defence is massively underrated because we mm-hmm. talk about how good their linebackers are and everything else. And he has been one of the most productive defensive linemen in the league and kind of undersold how productive he's been over the last few years. And uh, yeah, him missing four games in addition to everything else. All right, maybe they can go 0 and 4 and still win it all. But, but, but uh, here's, here's the thing, though. Then, even when I'm saying this, I, I can feel my mind that, oh, yeah, but they did that Barkevius Mingo train. As you've just said, Barkevius Mingo, a player who hasn't done the thing since he came into the league. But just because it's the Patriots, I imagine. You know, they also picked I, up Bishop Sankey today uh, for their practice squad. <laughs> there you go. One of the worst rookies I have seen play in the league. Like Trent Richardson's second year bad, Bishop Sankey was. Right, but don't you just half expect that he is going to Mingo nine nine to eleven sacks yeah. and uh, Bishop Sankey to come in and just slot into that offense and start average a hundred yards yeah. over the past four last four weeks of the season yeah. and, and all the Patriots fans like Sherry going we told you so yeah yeah. Oh, f- well, speaking of the man himself, this, this episode's been very sweary, guys. Speaking of the man himself, let's get to our drum roll, please, Ollie Hunter. I know you're entering in the little swear thing, so I'll give you a second just to do that. Because we're going to dial that sherry up, and it's time for our... Gridiron postseason, preseason, something like that. Award show. So joining us now for our award is the editor of Gridiron, Matt Sherry. He joined us last year. Matt, how are you, sir? Never better. 
Are you going to be making better predictions this year than that Cam Newton will be the biggest disappointment, which was your call last year? Unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) The the point being is that, you know, the consensus pick for first head coach fired last year was Jay Gruden. They made the playoffs last year. Uh, (laughs) I, I actually have a worse Matt Sherry prediction I'd like to just raise for everybody. Does it involve him hitting a 60-yard field goal? Yes, it does. It does involve him hitting a 60-yard field goal. That was a, a clear and firm prediction that he made to me before failing to hit an extra point distance field goal. I'm not going to talk about this. <laughs> uh, Sherry, has your favourite Elton John song changed in the last 12 months? What did I say it was last month? Can you, you feel the love tonight? You said it was Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Excellent. At least that's consistent. I respect that, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I flip-flopped. I feel like a sham. Um, Mine's not changed. Paolo. Um, well, I'm still hung up on this issue of whether I'm saying my favourite Elton John song or am I predicting my favourite Elton John song <laughs> in six months' time? Because the evidence is that can change. I just want your but I'm going to say right Saturday Night's Alright, fine. Fine. Great. Great song. Done. No, that's a great song. Uh, yeah. Just to go through a few of our other awards from last year. Our Rookie of the Year predictions. Uh, I, I won't even say who came up with them, but the four that we picked were Amir Abdullah, Nelson Aguilar, Shane Ray and Jameis Winston. Uh, surprise All-Pro I think I, I picked Khalil Mack here and not only was he this, uh, in the All-Pro team but he was in the All-Pro team in two different positions Excellent. that reminds me a surprise though was it Will yeah well you all I told me it was a good pick a year ago a year ago no yeah. one was saying yeah. Khalil Mack was going to be an All-Pro player yeah. they are saying he was going to take a big jump up but no one said he was going to be the best in the league you had Melvin Ingram who admittedly had a good year Ollie had Dwayne Allen and there was <laughs> that's fair enough yeah. and, and uh, the fact that we almost all picked both Indy and San Diego to make the playoffs and two of us three of us picked the Dolphins to make the playoffs should give you an idea of how much attention you should pay to about the next 25 minutes of this podcast <laughs> when you say nearly all picked Indy uh, yeah we all picked the Indy we're going to make the playoffs all four of us yeah, you had Miami, Baltimore, Indy, San Diego. Not going well so far. <laughs> then you had the Bengals and Pats as your wildcard team. And then in the NFC, you had Dallas, Green Bay, Atlanta, Arizona, Seattle, Minnesota. So it kind of takes an uprank Hang towards on, the it, end. It sounds very hard to believe that I picked Miami to win the AFC. That does seem unlikely. Sherry picked the Patriots as a wildcard team. No, he might, he might have just listed his six and done okay. the Pats last, but everyone else did it in an order with their wild cards of their last two. Absolutely. So, I assumed you were doing the same. I didn't pick Indianapolis or Baltimore, and that was, I was ridiculed for that. That uh, was proven right. I listened back to it this morning, oh, Sherry. Okay. So our uh, our awards this year, we've got the biggest disappointment, also known as the seven and nine bullshit award. Uh, First head coach to be fired, the number one overall pick, our rookie of the year, not called Zeke Elliott, comeback player of the year, our surprise all pro does return a personal favourite, and then we'll uh, predict our playoff teams, our Super Bowl teams, and our final winner plus the MVP of the whole league. We've had some really good ones off Twitter, and Adam Foxcroft asked us a question which is near and dear to all of our hearts, Ali Hunter. Hmm. Who are going to be the division of disgrace this year? The division which theoretically could kick us out a team with a losing record. Matt Sherry, do you think there's any division that bad in football this year? No. I don't think there is either, Matt, but what about the NFC East? Yeah, if it's going to be... That's the only one that has a chance, isn't it? 
Yeah, if it's going to be any of them, and it depends a lot down to the Cowboys and what they're going to do with Dak Prescott, and uh, we're going to talk a bit about that in a bit. But we've got a few more of your ones off Twitter. We'll get to those as well. But should we get to the first award, guys? Yeah. Can we have some music? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know what it's worth to start with. Let's start off with... Because I really like to start off with the negativity. The biggest disappointment of the 2016 season, also known as the 7-9 and nine Bullshit Awards. Do you, do you, have you got my seven and nine drop yet? Oh, yeah, wait, I can get that. <laughs> have it ready to go. Uh, I'm going to start off on this one with Paolo Bandini. Paolo Bandini, what's going to be the biggest disappointment of this year? I think the biggest disappointment this year is going to be the inevitable but hard-to-identify moment where a player that I like does something terrible off the field, <laughs> and then I can't like them anymore. <laughs> Would you like to predict who and what they're going to do? That's more important. I, I think that's the bit I for legally I should probably steer away of. But, it's uh, definitely not going to be Carson Palmer. <laughs> You're going to be fine with him. Uh, I, you know what? Watching All or Nothing this off-season, which, by the way, if any listeners haven't watched it, they should be watching it because it's brilliant. Um, it's the, the I'm sure you guys obviously know, but in case when it doesn't is the uh, documentary series that uh, is on Amazon Prime where they follow the Cardinals through the uh, last season it really just kept bothering me how much Carson Palmer looks like Cap Rooney for any given Sunday oh, <laughs> he really does he really, he really does <laughs> what a show that is <laughs> and, and, which basically means he looks like Dennis Quaid, obviously. But it just, it just, like every time, and the more you watch it thinking that, the more it gets in under your skin. I always like thought it was Brett Favre. Look, de- well, I, mean, I, I think that's probably who, I think that the uh, Cap Rooney f- figure was probably originally based on Brett Favre, but I think that Carson Palmer just looks startlingly like him, just a bit more ginger. I have wow. to say that Is looking like Dennis Quaid, I, there's, there's plenty of people that would be worse than oh, like, yeah. Talk about a man that was, uh, that was in the brilliant inner space after all. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> that could be one of the greatest movies that's ever been made. Wow, that's quite the prediction. I think it's wonderful. I feel like we cut across about Sherry there. Is his, is his wife as much of a bitch as uh, Cap? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, I've, I've never... What, Palmer's wife or uh, or Dennis yeah, Quaid's real-life wife? Because um, the wife on any given Sunday is one of the worst human beings in some of <laughs> Stunning, stunning. Uh, Matt Sherry, who's going to be your biggest disappointment of 2016? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Oh. oh! He comes out yeah. swinging from moment one. Everyone, I think everybody just assumes that he's going to be back to MVP level and haven't been one of them losers who watches a bit of the preseason. I've seen basically the same guy who I saw for large parts of last year. But um, it's preseason football, man. We know it means nothing. It, it does mean nothing, but <laughs> the, the nature of this show is to kind of um, make some out there predictions, and I, and I really believe that is that could happen. Uh, Ollie, would you like to either A, react, or B, just give your biggest disappointment of 2016? Uh, I'm no longer speaking to Matthew Sherry. Is Matt Sherry your biggest disappointment of 2016? No, I expected uh, exactly that from him. <laughs> um, I've written down my biggest disappointment, but I've spelt his name wrong. <laughs> I've called him Brick Osweiler. <laughs> <laughs> Was that an autocorrect, or just generally how you've done it? I've genuinely spelt his name Brick Osweiler. Uh, I don't think... I mean, I don't think many people are expecting much from him, but I think he's going to be absolutely terrible. Well, I mean, presumably, given the size of the contract they handed him, Houston are expecting... Well, OK, there you go. That's that's. I think he'll be right. ousted by whoever is behind him. But Houston, everyone goes the size of the contract they've given him, but he's a, a starting quarterback in the NFL, and actually he's been paid, like, the 19th best starting quarterback in the NFL, and I very much expect he'll be around and about the 19th best starting quarterback in the NFL. So they've probably paid him about the right amount of money. 
I think Brock Osweiler will be about the 13th best quarterback in the oh, And uh, the Houston Texans will be the biggest threat to the New England Patriots in the AFC. Wow. Oh, he's, he's got in a New England Patriots drop already. Yeah, who would have thought? Uh, can I just say, the Brick Osweiler thing, had I read that sheet, I'd have just assumed that Will had uh, written it. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. That's, well, that's deep in my soul. Yeah, fair enough. It doesn't. I'm a terrible writer. Uh, Will Gavin, who would be your... That is seven and nine bullshit. You got there eventually, mate. Thanks. Uh, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, mate, right now... I'm telling you, that, that is, is... seven that, and you're nine ru- bullshit. Get out. Dak Prescott, right now, is going to the Hall of Fame, as far as Cowboys fans are concerned. And I, I've just told you that preseason football means nothing. But actually, after it was established he was going to be the starter, I ridiculously did go back and watch Dak Prescott play preseason football. And what I saw was, yes, some really impressive performances. And I don't think you can deny that. He's also been dropped into the best rookie situation since probably Jay Cutler in Denver in 2006. Like, the line, the running back, the big-name receiver, everything else there. But what I also saw was he basically has two throws. He's got a great back-shoulder throw, or he's got an over-the-top throw. And people will figure that out very, very quickly. He's much more comfortable in the shotgun by the looks of it, but they're a very running offset offense, and he's going to have to get under centre. And he barely was under centre unless he was running boot passes. And I just think, I don't... Hello, Gabby Logan here, and I'm pitch side at Welland FC, where Suki and his mate Simon have arranged a kickabout to fundraise for sport relief. It's 11.47 on a Sunday. I think some of these players are a little worse for wear. But they're here, they've got their kit on, they're kicking against injustice and smashing poverty right out the box. They're still 2-0 down, though. Oh, but would you look at that goal! You can help change the world, too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. Sport Relief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. I'm not saying he's going to be terrible, and I'm not saying he's going to be like the worst rookie we've seen in years, but Dallas are just building him up so much and so much and so much, and I think if and when Ronan comes back, he comes back to a team with a losing record. Wow. Yeah, I disagree with that, Will. Yeah, me too. Fine. I'm all right with it. I stand by it, and I went bold last year, and I had maybe the best predictions. I don't know. I didn't really track them that much, but uh, <laughs> let's move. I like you to buff out your own ego, I also think that... De- <laughs> Who would have thought that, Sherry? <laughs> that Des Bryant is about as made of glass as Tony Romo is, and no one's talking about that either. So let's see how those Cowboys get on. When Romo comes back, they'll have a losing record, and it'll be partly down to Dak Prescott. Let's move on to our next awards. While we're on the negative awards, let's do the first head coach to be fired. Like last year, I'd be surprised if there wasn't a consensus on this award, which makes me suggest that the Buffalo Bills are probably going to the playoffs if last season is any indicator. Because I had Rex Ryan and I didn't even blink on this. Did anyone have any different? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Nice, okay. I, I actually, you know, what's interesting is that I, that's not even the name that I assumed you would pick as the obvious one. Yeah, yeah, me too. But the um, the Rex Ryan thing, given what's happened in the off-season, he really should get a pass this year, even if things don't go great. You think he should get the Jason Garrett, oh, all your players have got injured, we'll yeah, let you I, off I, the I want, And I, I kind of heard it when, when that gets forgotten. I mean, Mike McCoy, and we'll get onto this with the charges later, 
They won nine games in both of his first two seasons and then everybody wanted him fired last year in a season where they lost most of their players. Like, mm. I hear when that gets forgotten about mm. in, in kind of the prison of the moment hyperbole world that we live in. But, but so here is here is the thing with this, with this award generally, because there's two different questions, which is one is uh, who will be the first go and the other one is who should be the first go because who should be the first to go I think is a, is Jeff Fisher because he's had four seasons of, of seven and nine bullshit basically um, and uh, I say that um, having liked that the man as well seven and nine um, bullshit <laughs> you know um, so that's who it should be but it's not going to be because there's no way having gone to all the effort of Shifting everything to Los Angeles and having not fired him to this point, there's no, there's no reason. I, I think if they have a losing record, this at the year, end of the season, fired. at the yeah. end of the season, yeah, I think it's not a losing record. But fired, but basically, as far as I can tell, uh, this seems to apply to his other sports teams as well. Stan Kroenke doesn't really give too much of a shit as long as he's getting his everything set up to keep making the money he wants. So, uh, <laughs> it's uh, not like he's going to make any money any of that in LA. Is it? <laughs> he's going to make a load of that. So who gives a fuck if they ever win? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who was the the one? Uh, Jeff Fisher is the one you're saying uh, should, but who... You, you go, Sherry. You tell me you thought it would have been. I, I know I thought it would have been. Well, Mike Malarkey, because he's the worst coach in NFL history. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of feel like if the Titans get to seven wins this year, which they've got the roster to do even with Mike Malarkey as their head coach, they might keep him around. Has any team got the roster to win seven games with Mike Malarkey as head coach? Maybe not, no. Maybe not. The thing with that is, is it's fairly clear the new GM, who is kind of ribbing things up a little bit there at the moment, isn't really a Mike Malarkey man anyway. I just think it's... I mean, it may be the end of the season, but I think Josh McDaniels will be coaching the Titans next year. Ooh, that's a, I think that's a decent shout. Uh, well, the, I, I, do they want an offensive coach? I'm trying. I, I, it's kind of it's one of those things. Offensive coach to really get the best out of Marcus Mariota, or do you want someone in there who knows that offense could be potent, and you want someone in there to go in and fix the defense? So it's yeah, I think they they're one of the teams who it's quite. I think they've got quite a widespread of possible outcomes this year at the lower end, but I can't see them getting anything more than seven or eight wins. Aren't they a franchise that's looking to change their ownership? So they don't want to get rid of someone and bring someone else in and then change of ownership and then potentially change it all over again. So that's why he wasn't my first choice. That was believed why Mike Malarkey was kept on for this season, but then we've not seen any movement on that whatsoever. Mm. I've got a new GM now as well. I mean, the other other guy I think, if I'm looking at a team who everybody's loving at the moment and if that team doesn't perform is... Is Jack Del Rio again because he is one of the worst two coaches in the NFL? Do you know what? That's a great shout, <laughs> Sherry. That's a great shout. And they, there's, there's the amount that they've spent uh, and and getting that defense and and the offense kind of stacked as well. They really need to perform, and especially when people are, are down on uh, the Broncos repeating. It's the time. Now's the time for the Raiders to actually do something. Is there, is there no thought that they're in a mess as well? The, the, literally, there's about five variables at the moment that need to go right for the Chiefs to win. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of teams like that at the moment, and I, uh, there's there's like a few more. I, I feel like the Vikings are becoming one of those teams at the moment, despite the fact that I don't think they were two weeks ago. Those if teams, if this happens, and if that happens, and if that happens, they could be a really good team. But when you've got three, four, five ifs, which I think the Chiefs do at the moment, that makes it very difficult. That that being said, I've 
think I'd pick them to go to the playoffs, but there we go. Uh, <laughs> so, right, so, so, we, so we still haven't got to the ones that I was thinking. Yeah, well, go on then. Um, which uh, I've just. Uh, I think mine might be the same as Paolo's. Uh, in fact, uh, the one that I thought everyone was going to say because yeah, it's on, the well. shortest odds of everyone yep. is Mike McCoy, um, who. Uh, for San Diego playing that last season in, look at you in, think in, being in, sensible uh, looking at the odds look at, playing that last season in San Diego where well potentially last season in San Diego where the atmosphere could easily get very toxic and in the division which I think for the same reasons that um, Sherry just said I do think that division is so hard to predict and you look they go straight early in the season the Chargers have got uh, road game against the Chiefs home against the Jaguars team that I think could be pretty decent road game against the Colts home to the Saints road game against the Raiders I mean all those division games in particular they, they all start swinging the same way and I think in the same way as what Sherry's saying in Oakland if, they, if that happens in San Diego and they end up getting pounded at the beginning of the season I think he could go but the one that I was actually going to say is um, is Jim Caldwell Jim me because, too well done Paolo yeah I, I sort of think that in the end you've got to think a little bit as well about which of these organisations is most the sort of dumpster fire that would fire a head coach after three games in a panic probably Detroit I kind of feel like the Lions, they are in a rebuilding mode as it currently stands because they finally got rid of those big contracts at the top end of their roster in Indomitian Sewan and Calvin Johnson. Yes, they've still got Matt Stafford's contract there, but if Stafford under Jim Bob Cooter continues to play like he did in the, par- in the last six, seven games of last season, he'll be a surprise this year for many people and will actually end up as like a top potentially 12 quarterback and bye, no bye. one will expect that from him necessarily but I, I think the Lions are actually going to be okay this year I just think they're in a really really tough division and, and, and again <laughs> you, you, you have Paolo named the headquarters of the two teams that I think everybody is writing off this year who might be a little bit better than people think yeah I very much so I think San Diego signed some nice players in the, in the off season got a lot of players back and <laughs> Um, the, the Jim Bob Cooter thing is, is legitimate. Like it wasn't just that Stafford looked better; it was the fact that he tailored the offense around getting the ball in playmakers' hands, and they get another playmaker in Marvin Jones, who I actually really like. And I could see both of those teams doing better than expectations. But I think the point you're hitting on is the fact that because nobody is expecting much of them, if it does go badly as expected, then mm-hmm. those guys could easily get fired fairly quickly. It, exactly. I, I'm, I'm with you, uh, less so on the Lions, but I'm definitely with you on the Chargers. I think it's, it's plausible to me that the Chargers could do all right in that division, but I think that division's so hard to call that yeah. if they end up being the team that sinks, they're going to be, I think, that they, they, they're one of the teams who would sack a coach mid-season. And, and as we talked about in the news, the NFC North has just gone nuts in the past seven days, yeah. so who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, let's finish off our negative awards section by taking our... Come on, Ollie, get on it. There we go. Our number one overall pick in 2017, who is going to be the first name announced in Philadelphia by Roger Goodell. Boo! Yeah. So, uh, taking the draft of Philadelphia was nuts, <laughs> wasn't it? Like, they've now got a first-round pick as well, which I, th- I think almost the NFL went, it's fine, they haven't got a first-round pick, he won't be booed that badly. But now they've got a first-round pick back as well, it's even worse for Goodell, he's just a glutton for punishment. The he turns up in... Uh, it is cash Saturday where on earth I reckon he's going to have a rocky headband. You can do that. <laughs> um, I, I already kind of know the direction that a few people are leaning on this, so I'll throw it to Matt Sherry. Matt Sherry, who do you think is picking first overall well, next year? There's no direction. I think you should move on to the next segment and accept as a consensus that we don't need to talk about it. 
So it's the 49ers, right? No, it's the Browns, isn't it? <laughs> I've got the 49ers down, Paolo's got the 49ers down, and Ollie has got... The Lions. The Lions! Oh. Wow! Oh. That's not just some NFC North hatred, or do you really think they're going to fall apart? A little bit, but I think they're going to fall apart. You yeah. love Marvin well, Jones, me with Ollie here is that there's a real connection between his choices. Caldwell's going, going as the coach, yeah. and they're getting the first overall pick. He's actually thought about it logically. Yeah, exactly. And he only threw his thoughts together in the last 20 minutes. That's, <laughs> the, that's the really funny thing. The rest yep. of us spent ages on it today. Uh, let's, we're done with negativity. Let's get on to positivity. Roll the music, and let's get to our... Rookie of the Year! Not called Ezekiel Elliott! So it does feel like Zeke Elliott has been already ordained at least the offensive rookie of the year, if not the overall rookie of the year. So away from Zeke Elliott, who do you think is going to be the one to watch out for? I'm looking to you, Paolo Bandini. I've written down a bunch of names here because I couldn't decide. So now I've got oh, right, I'm a, going to you, Ollie Hunter, call. then. You you whittle down your list, Ollie. I've written down a bunch of names here and I couldn't quite <laughs> decide. Uh, I'm going to defer this to Matthew Sherry. You lot are ridiculous. Matt Sherry, give me one name. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to I'd, Dak Prescott I think because I don't think Robo will come back healthy I think even if he comes back he'll oh. get injured again I but hate I'd, that I'd like to go for I'd like to go for Sterling Shepard if that doesn't happen Okay, Sterling Shepard. Uh, do we think that the double <laughs> coverage taken by Odell Beckham and uh, the imminent return of Victor Cruz, as we're all expecting, uh, it's just going to be situational for him? He's going to uh, be taking those targets. Is, is that is that me? I, I yeah, no, I'm I'm just asking you what you're thinking is. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. The Cruz one's interesting because I think I think Paolo Bandini last played for the London Monarchs and, and that was <laughs> more recent than the last time we saw Victor Cruz play <laughs> on an NFL field. So it's gonna be really interesting to see whether whether he's actually still any good. I mean most importantly it's gonna be interesting to see whether he can still sell so better than anybody else in the NFL, but it's, yeah, I think I think Shepard's awesome. He's my favorite, one of my favourite players in the draft. I think he goes to a team where he'll get a lot of action because there's going to be so much focus on Beckham Jr. So, yeah, I think he's going to have a big year. Right, I've only got one name, so I'll do me next, and then we'll go to the two people who were indecisive. I've gone with Miles Jack, the linebacker out of Jacksonville. I actually think Jalen Ramsey has a bigger direct yeah. impact on this defense. I think. You're, well, I mean, one of the names my list who I was leaning towards was Ramsey. I think the difference with Jack and Ramsey is just that Ramsey looking more like to start right away. Jack is is possibly not going to be straight and straight away, but he's a he's a beast. Here, here are my thoughts. My, my thoughts on why I think he would be more likely to get the award is because Jalen Ramsey. There's potential there that if he looks really good early on, they're not going to throw in his direction and he'll only look good in PFF type metrics about not getting thrown to and stuff whereas Miles Jack goes into a team where he could easily if he gets in there within the first few weeks could rack up the most tackles mm. the most passes defended by a linebacker that he could go stats nuts assuming his knee reason he might carry a, carry a couple of snaps on offense as well yeah, the thing is, assuming his knee is okay and he remains healthy, he can cover running backs, he can cover tight ends. The Jags were dreadful at both of those last year, and I just think he's got the right situation that he could end up looking phenomenal down the stretch and uh, catching the eye, as it were. Should, um, should Dante Fowler be allowed to be the rookie of the year? Should he be allowed to be comeback player of the year? Well, it's a, both a, a, That's valid a great question. question. Yeah. If you never came in the first place, are you allowed to come back? That's a great question. I mean, he literally, I think he had about 10 minutes of the first rookie minicamp. He's a rookie, isn't he? Yeah. 
And they're, they're, all they're adding, I know it's the equivalent of three rookies that they're relying on, but all they're adding on defence, it's very exciting. So you could you could consider him a rookie. I would I'd kind of hand I'd kind of give you that, and yet I wouldn't give you Kevin White because I don't like the Bears. Uh, Paolo, like that. Right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna um, since you've now mentioned Ramsey, I'm gonna make my Homer pick, which is Robert and Kemdiche. Okay, Nkemdiche. Cardinals Cardinals defensive tackle. What? He's been great in pre-season. Well, he, he, yeah, he missed the beginning of it, but he came in against Denver. Yeah. He looked like a monster, and uh, I'm a total homer. So let's go with him. No, I, I think he's well, he's a beast. He's a he's he's, he's going to be a very violent, disruptive player in this league. Um, whether it happens in his rookie year, uh, we'll see. He's got a bit of an ankle thing going on, but I'm I'm hopeful. And and straight up pass rush would be really useful in yeah, that well, division as well. So well, absolutely, and they've been working on the defense line the last couple of years. I mean, um, obviously there's a, a couple of guys there like Corey Redding who are getting a bit older, but um, I think that uh, I think that uh, with uh, Chana Jones coming off the edge now, there's so much more potential for disruption, and uh, hopefully that creates even more opportunities for the guys. Inside. And, I, and I think Chandler Jones is an interesting thing to point out there because actually I think you'll see Chandler Jones's straight up production look more impressive because of the style of the Cardinals scheme mm. even if he's not playing better than he did when he did play in New England but I think he, he will have the kind of the flashy type plays will happen for him more often hopefully and he's, a, he's a really interesting guy because he had a, a, a real bad habit with the periods of being terrible in important games and especially against decent tackles however I am interested to see in New England, notoriously, it's, it's stop the run first, rush the pass a second. That's mm-hmm. not going to be the yeah. case for Chandler Jones in Arizona. So I'm interested to see if he looks any better in Arizona, because I don't think he's as good as people think he is. But was it scheme or is it the fact that he's just a solid, if unspectacular, edge rusher? It's going to be interesting to see that, I think. Player leaves the Patriots. Matt Sherry doesn't rate him. Ollie, have you managed to whittle yours down on your favourite rookie this year? Oh, yeah. Go on, then. I'm going for a guy that hasn't even put on pads yet. Okay. Joey Bosa. Really? I think he's going to... injured, Ollie? No, he's not injured. He's I'm, fine. I'm fairly certain he suffered some kind of soft tissue injury today. That, it wouldn't be as way. He had tightness today and did miss practice. That's only happened in the last hour or so, so good yeah. catch, Sherry. But that's going to happen because he's missed so much of pre-season that he's going to suddenly come in to guys who are going at full speed ready for week one, and he's not going to be ready to go. And this is the whole point of his rookie holdout being so ludicrous is that it's going to take him until week six, seven, eight before he's ready to be full speed. I will counter that. He's fresh. You know, he's... Uh, it's only pre-season, It's only pre-season. We, we mustn't look too um, too deep, deeply at pre-season. Um, yeah, I, I think, realistically, Miles Jack was the one I was going for. But I think Joey Bosa, if he manages to, to get fit, obviously the Chargers defence will see a lot of playing time, and uh, that could be more... You can pick the same player as me, just so you know. Just letting you know for future reference. Vernon Hargreaves has been fantastic for Tampa Bay in pre-season. He's a guy to watch. He has indeed. Let's let's go right. Come on, because we are dragging our feet, and we need to get on to some of the big ones. But let's do our comeback player of the year. I'm going to go to Ollie first. I feel like Ollie's probably got the same name as me, and definitely not the same name as Matt Sherry. So, Ollie Hunter, your comeback player of the year. Well, I've got two. Um, How but, hard is it? Uh, I will go for because I believe in his talent, and I really like him, Arian Foster. Oh, okay. Like he yeah. will be starting for Miami this starting weekend. Starting for Miami. I think it's about time that he has a fit season. I reckon it will be him. 
Paolo Bandini. I'm quite happy to roll through these because I'm, I'm I'm down with that. There's no argument. Um, uh, well, I think. Uh, Unless uh, even well, even with the suspension, unless he gets injured again, it'll be the best running back in the league, Le'Veon Bell. Do is that? A, yeah, I guess mm. he, he played six games last year. Yeah, but a lot of that was suspension based. Uh, it's, it comes back to our argument about whether suspension should be come I mean, back. He got, we injured. Had this he got injured for yeah. <laughs> he got injured for the last part of it. Yeah, he was injured for the last half of the season. Basically. Yeah, I just, I just anyone who's had any All suspension. Right, if you won't let me have that, no, then I will, I'll give I will you Jordy Nelson instead. Calm but I'm down. having Levy and Bell. You've got Levy and Bell. Chill oh, your boots. I forgot about Jordy Nelson. I've got Jordy Nelson. Uh, the drop off in the Packers' offense last year was horrendous after his ACL injury, and whilst that had a lot to do with the play calling, I'm sorry, I've got to agree with Josh Sitton on this. I think he makes a big, big difference to Aaron Rodgers and to that offence. Matt Sherry. Um, the Honey Badger. You're oh, that's the right choice. Damn it. Hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. See, I, I, I love the Honey Badger and we all know this, but the Honey Badger, in terms of games missed, missed far fewer games for injury than Le'Veon Bell. Again, yeah, but Tony, I've given you Le'Veon Bell. Will you calm down, mate? <laughs> Will you calm down over there? And he's going to miss more games with suspension this year. I've given you Le'Veon Bell, but I've said I think that the Honey Badger's the right choice. I don't like agreeing <laughs> with Matt Sherry, you know that. And I've said he's made the right choice here. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Good. Sorry, guys. It's not as easy as last year, though, was it, when we all picked Sam Bradford? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, he was great in the second half of the season, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, let's get on then and do... This was uh, one of my favourites last year, and uh, I'd like to go a bit more in-depth on this one. Our surprise All-Pro. So this is a player who is going to emerge as the best at his position, despite the fact you wouldn't expect it. And uh, let's start with Matt Sherry on this one. Your surprise all pro, sir. I've got two, one offence, one defence. I, I, I've been slagging everyone off for having two. I've got one offence, one defence as well. So uh, go on, Sherry, give us both. Alan Robinson um, will be an all pro, the Jaguars wide receiver. It's one of those ones, it doesn't feel that surprising because we've seen how good he's been, but then yeah, when... But then you look at yeah. the, the calibre of guys who don't get in because of that, and you've got Antonio Brown as a, as a locked-in all-pro, because he's going to get, like, 1,900 yards again, and, and Julio as well, so... It's kind and of, Odell Beckham, yeah. and, yeah. It's just such a stacked position, and he, he's kind of a younger guy. Uh, my next one is a little bit wilder, but definitely a homer pick. Um, Jabal Sheard, the edge rusher from New England. Is, is, is he missing any time at the start of this year? I know he did have an injury, but yeah, I don't know. I think, he's, I think he's going to be healthy for the start of the season. And he's, um, he's amazing, and it's going to be frustrating because the, he's then going to sign a monster contract elsewhere after this season. But, yeah, he's going to get double-digit sacks, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's me other guy. It's all right. You, you did say that Melvin Ingram would lead in sacks last year, so I'm okay with yeah, well, the defensive player being wrong. Really. <laughs> okay, how bold do you want me to go here? Because my defensive guy, I didn't think was too bold. I went with uh, Ryan Shazir, and the injury actually today to Bud Dupree adds to that for me. The reason I think it is uh, it's a surprise is because you just look at who else is in the linebacker position. You almost feel like Sean Lee and Navarro Bowman could only play eight games this year and would somehow still get voted in as an All Pro. But I think he was. Brilliant down the stretch, stretch last year. They went. They really jumped up the rankings and points allowed. He was a big part of that, and I think he could be an all-pro linebacker this year. And my offensive player... I quite like that. I'm sorry, I do like that. Is Eli Manning. Well, 
Stun silence. Well. I mean, I love it. I mean, I think Eli Manning could absolutely stun everyone this year with the offensive pieces that are there and have a ridiculous year. I think he might have to be winning games like 45-40 because I don't think all of those new pieces are going to fit together on the defence. But genuinely, Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham full year. He looked brilliant in Ben McAdoo's offence last year. He's had another year to learn it. I think Eli Manning could have his very best season of his career. And with Tom Brady missing four games and with Ben Roethlisberger bound to get injured at some point, I just think that there is the potential for a surprise quarterback in that position this year. And that's what I went for. So you're just Cam Newton, Cam Newton will have a drop off from last year. Russell, Russell Wilson. We've had this conversation on the podcast a few times. If what he did down the last eight games of last year gets extended, well, not even last eight games, six of the last eight games because he fell back off in the playoffs. But if he does that pocket passing and does it well again, I'll sit here and I'll call him one of the best three quarterbacks in the league. I just need to see it first. If he does it, fine, no problem with it. But right now, I'm just not quite on that hype train yet. I think Eli Manning will be the most sacked quarterback in the NFL this year. That's, I think that'll probably still be Ryan Tannehill, to be honest. I think it'll be Eli. Their tackles are dreadful. Uh, Paolo Bandini. I said we wanted a surprise. I went well, that's it. You know what? And, and you know it. what? I I wanted to rip you for it, and then I thought, you know what? My pick is also uh, a bit wild. So I, I respect the boldness. I mean, he's not going to be an All Pro quarterback, <laughs> you know what I mean? but then my guy's not going to be an All Pro either. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm going to say him because it would be brilliant in a sort of stupid way if he was Josh Gordon. Oh, yeah, I, I'm I, because <laughs> of how good, coming it, back from suspension with Robert Griffin the third. Who does? He, he only knows how to throw one pass. He only knows how to throw the pass that's the really long pass. Josh <laughs> Gordon's really good at chasing the really long pass and bringing it in. He's going to have 1600 yards in 13 games or 12 games. How many he gets? It's going to be great. It's a great show. Also, the best wide receiver in NFL history. Isn't it? <laughs> like, but how many games that he's played? So, why not? Yeah. Oh, That's you're saying why not to that? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie Hunter. I'm going Jeff Janice. Uh, return spe- that's, that's actually worse than your Dwayne Allen pick. <laughs> return specialist. Oh, special uh, teams. Oh, you've gone for a special spe- teams all I'm pro. Not, I'm not sure we can allow a special <laughs> team all <laughs> pro with pick for this. Why not? What's wrong with that? Because technically you're playing within the rules, but it, feels, <laughs> it still feels dirty. It's a great one. You're like those people. You're like those people who defended all the Deflate Gate nonsense because they went. But does it really matter that much? How's that the same as that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not really similar, like, well, I must admit. Oh, uh, good, right. I, I personally want, want Ollie to, to be allowed to have that. I think it's ingenious. I think he deserves it. I think he's unwell. See, yeah, yeah, see? You're a disgrace. I, I think he's the At most, least I was he's the most likely to be right at <laughs> Technicality <laughs> douchebag. I was going to go for Cairo Santos. <laughs> uh, but but I, I went Jeff Janis. Right, let's let's pick him then. Let's see how far off we can be this year. I, some of us did quite well last year. I got 8 of 12. I think Sherry got 6 of 12. Simon Clancy did terribly, but he did pick the Dolphins to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> So, <laughs> should we start? Should we build up? Like, let's go for our, div- you know, who's going to be the five that make the division, and then excuse me, 
Well, rather than go Super Bowl first... The five that make the division. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make the conference uh, playoffs. But even then, that's still four. <laughs> that's right. There's there literally no category from. in which it can be five. Yes, there is. Oh, do we do the divisional conference, the conference champions as well? But there isn't... It's a knockout tournament. At no point can five teams be involved at you're any li- point. You're not listening to me. So we do we do those... There are five, and then there's obviously the ones that win the, the conferences. So that would be the Super Bowl winner and the runner-up. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, I think we just do our picks and then do our Super Bowl. You've confused it. I'm so confused. I, I've kind of, I've kind so of understand. What he's, doing, what he's doing is saying, let's say our five teams that will make the playoffs but not make the Super Bowl from both oh, conferences okay. right. and, and then, then name our like Super Bowl teams. For a bit teams. of drama, yeah, for yeah, a bit of it. tension. This is live production and it's, it's not worked. Not worked. No. <laughs> uh, I just want to see it here from everyone, AFC, NFC, and who's going to be their Super Bowl teams and who's going to be their Super Bowl winner. So starting off with Matthew Sherry, uh, AFC, NFC Super Bowl teams, please. Uh, we're not doing division winners. Yeah, well, division. Do your four division winners, your two wild cards, and then let's just let's get each of us to do it, and we will uh, pick apart any ones that we don't agree with or agree with particularly. Okay, so AFC North, Pittsburgh, East New England, Houston South, Oakland West, Minnesota NFC North, Cowboys East, Panthers South, Seahawks West, and then. My wild cards would be, I haven't even prepared this, <laughs> Jacksonville. Yep. And San Diego. I, I cannot believe the Bengals aren't making the playoffs. Yeah, that's stunning. That's wild. Believe it, mate. <laughs> believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and your NFC wild cards, this should be interesting. I am going to go for Arizona. Yep. As the obvious homer pick. And. I'm going to have to go for Green Bay as well, begrudgingly. Fair, fair. Okay. I, I think overall that was reasonably sensible. I, I couldn't, I don't understand the Bengals. And the AFC West is the fascinating one. I want to hear what everyone's going to say on that. So, your Super Bowl teams? Um, the New England Patriots, obviously. Um, and and I, I honestly think it'll be Patriots Seahawks again. Patriots Seahawks again. And I imagine it's a Patriots win, right? <laughs> Obviously. Can I just check? Has has there ever been a year, and I don't know because you've listened back, it may have been last year, that Sherry has not predicted the Patriots to win the Super Bowl? Well, we've yeah, only we been doing it with Sherry for two yeah, years. The Seahawks but... won. I, uh, I picked the Seahawks. Uh, I think I picked them to beat the Patriots. Oh, there's the Patriots there against, wasn't it? Let's, pick, let's go to another man who might pick his own team. Uh, Paolo Bandini, what do your playoffs look like? Right, uh, AFC East New England, um, AFC North. You don't need to name the divisions every all time, right, just tell fine. us the four, come yeah, on. All right, uh, Dragging this out. Yeah, so <laughs> AFC, uh, Patriots, Steelers, uh, I haven't prepared this, I'm just winging it. Um, I'm going to go with the Colts, um, and then um, the Chiefs. Yep. Uh, I will have as my wild card teams Cincinnati and Jacksonville. Yeah, everyone's going to have Jacksonville going to the playoffs, and I love it. Uh, I will have in the NFC uh, some dirge from the East. Um, the Giants, the Packers, the Panthers, and the Seahawks are my division winners. Um, and then I think I'm still going to have the Vikings as a wild card team, and I'm going to have the Cardinals as a wild card team. And your Super Bowl? Uh, my Super Bowl will be a uh, Seattle win over Pittsburgh. Can I can I switch out San Diego for Baltimore, please? Oh, he's, he's making the switch, and he's bringing in Baltimore. 
it's, he's trolling us at this he's point. Just, this is ludicrous. Well, he's uh, disgrace. second best coach in the NFL, haven't That is true. Yeah. That, I mean, that is true. That team will be better than 5-11 and 11 this year, and that will be a hell of a division because of that. He's a brilliant coach, and even with as old as that team is getting and as beat up yeah, as Yeah, I was going to say, be, his injury coach. problems have already started racking up again already. That's the problem, isn't it? And the age is there as well. I think yeah, the Ravens, they, they, they I think the Ravens get better this year. I don't think they make the playoffs. They lost most of their games by single digits last yeah. year, despite being, I think, the second most injured team in the NFL. Mm. Ollie, they're always uh, going to play, play every game close. Yes, I, I think they're going to be much better, and I can see why you would say that maybe the second AFC North team doesn't even get in because it's such a tight division. They beat each other up. But I think the, the Ravens will improve to more like eight and eight, nine and seven. That's why. That's yeah, why I think that's that's around the area I had them. Ollie Hunter, AFC, AFC Patriots, uh, Raiders, Bengals, Jags. <laughs> Jags are the winners. Love that. <laughs> and my wild cards are the Steelers and the Jets. Ooh, <laughs> no Texans. Nope. Oh, and then your NFC. Brick Osweiler's going to shit a brick, basically. <laughs> Brick Osweiler. <laughs> and your NFC. NFC, I've gone Packers, Seahawks, Panthers, Washington. And my wild cards are the Cardinals and the Bucks. I've got the Bucks down as a possibility. I've been umming and ahhing with the Bucks. I really it's like them. It's them or the Falcons, year. but I've just gone. Oh, I haven't got the Falcons. I've gone Bucks. Okay, Super Bowl pick? Green Bay. Yeah, again. Who was Paolo Super Bowl pick? Mine. I, I had the Seahawks over the Steelers. Okay. Green Bay will beat the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game and then beat the Patriots uh, in Houston. I'd love that. <laughs> just just to see Sherry's way. And, and the, MVP, <laughs> the MVP will be Aaron Rodgers, just despite you, Sherry. The, the, the way Ollie says it makes me think that he's not really envisaging a football game. He's envisaging a, 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 a white knight clearing a dark cloud <laughs> at the end and, and, and Sauron retreating. I don't know. Like it's it's really it's more of a the, what the Sauron of Sherry. Uh, <laughs> that white knight, Jeff Janis, <laughs> <laughs> the All Pro retur- specialist returner. Jeff. He's, he's going to return three kicks for touchdowns. He's going to a kick off, a punt, and uh, a, f- a missed field, a goal. missed PAT. Yeah, you're going to return that for two points, but that's fine. That'll do. Uh, right, I have got in the AFC the Bengals, the Patriots, the Texans, and the Chiefs as my division winners. Even though I just said earlier that the Chiefs are too much of an ifs team, I've then got as my wild cards the Jags and the Steelers. In the NFC, I have the Packers. The NFC East is ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, if Romo hadn't gone down, I would have had the Cowboys. I've gone for Washington. I don't like it. The Panthers and the Seahawks. My wildcard teams are the Arizona Cardinals. And prepare for Ollie to turn my mic off, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I nearly went for the Bears as well. We'll love that. <laughs> he's actually, he's actually he's turned my it. mic off. He has turned the mic off. I was only joking. Put it up. I have, uh, in the last few days, the Josh Sitton trade, again, I know it's an interior lineman, but I just, after that trade, I went and I looked at the Bears roster and I thought about the fact that they had the... Jay they, Cutler. They, they've got... Yeah, <laughs> Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, who had his best season last yeah. year under Adam Gase. They you brought in an offensive sick. coordinator who he buys into, who he's been there in the past, who is using Gase's system. I think with the Vikings going down, there was no way they were going to do it when the Vikings were looking as good as they were. With Teddy Bridgewater going down, the Bears are going to the playoffs. And then I've got my Super Bowl, the Cardinals coming from a wild card position to face the Cincinnati Bengals in two teams, finally clearing their playoff hoodoos. The Cardinals winning, Carson Palmer lifting the MVP trophy high above the Houston Oilers Stadium. You are yeah. a ridiculous I human think, being. I think you missed the Houston bit. Oilers. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. You, you've missed the bit where Carson gets injured and is replaced by Willie Beeman. <laughs>
Good. See, um, I, I've only begrudgingly even picked the Cardinals to make the playoffs, Paolo. Uh, no, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I well, I think Have we all picked them. We can probably lose this music team. now, Ollie. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we all picked them second in the division, didn't we? I, I am I, worried. I'm a little bit worried about the Cardinals this year. I think that it bothers me that Carson tailed off so badly at the end of last year. I thought at the time it was just a thumb injury, but he has. I don't want to read too much in preseason, pre-season but he has looked bad in preseason. Yeah, that worries me. It does bother me. It's, it, for me, it'd be a mental issue over a physical issue. I think that he has the tools and the weapons and everything around him to be a good team. They've still got a great defense. Um, oh, but the defense is great, and the running game should be good. So there shouldn't be a bad team. Even so if my, the reason I have the Seahawks over the Cardinals is I think the Seahawks it'll be it'll be a repeat of last year, but with the two teams flipped, where mm. the the Seahawks will start strongly, the Cardinals won't, but that they'll grow into the year and then grab a wild card slot like the Seahawks did. Um, that's my feeling on it. And then I just I. I fancy the Cardinals to go all the way because I really like Bruce Arians I love Bruce Arians I love him even more after watching All or Nothing because he swears a lot uh, considering I picked the Colts to go to the Super Bowl last year uh, <laughs> I'm just doomed. because I wanted yeah, to pick okay, a, ton, yeah. a fun team yeah. you're, uh, you're in trouble mate yeah. uh, that rounds it off I think did we have any other awards we needed to get to there were some well, the listener ones, ones yeah. yeah earlier on which uh, Paolo suggested I was being dismissive of uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the listener awards Simon Noble asked us the best colour rush unis I think we haven't seen them yet have we we haven't seen them but I mistake watch uh, yeah I mistakenly brought up last year's ones and the Rams ones were great Yellow with dark blue, rammy bits. Loved it. So with how long? I can't think about colour rush without um, um, thinking back to that harrowing. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. On the gridiron account. Don't do it. He's listening again. (laughs) (laughs) He mentioned earlier on. Yeah, never, never want to see that again. Never want to see that again. If people don't know what we're talking about, don't worry. You're in a better place than any of us are. Absolutely. So, uh, just to get some one-word answers from you, I'll, I'll fire it out to somebody as we go through them. Ross Oliver wants to know the first quarterback to lose their starting job. Matt Sherry. Uh, Travis Simeon. Fair. Okay. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> very, very rapid fire, but very good answer. Yeah. Um, Jim McKinnon wants to know the surprise fantasy darling mm. of the season. I've got one that will make Sherry really happy. Go on. Chris Hogan. Yeah, like that. Uh, as a as a late round flyer, I'm not suggesting he's going to be the the top dog, but actually he looked really good in the last couple of preseason games, and the cuts they made yesterday or the day before, whenever cuts day was, suggested to me that they want him as a big part of their offense. Um, I think he'll see a lot more snaps than people are expecting. Seven eleven. Mm. I've got one, and I gave him poo pooed for repeatedly. Uh, drafting oh, him. Oh, get over it. Kelvin, was, Kelvin Benjamin. You, need to, you need to get over this. You picked him around early yesterday to prove a point. And, <laughs> and that was... Just to annoy you, ball. actually. Uh, <laughs> annoy me as much as you want. Your team is bad because of it. Uh, not Bollocks. bad, but worse because of it. Um, the, Simon Davis asked the most fragile player. That's got to be Victor Cruz, hasn't it? Is he even still a player? Is he, is he alive? <laughs> do, we, do, we know, do we know that for sure? He's not even allowed. He doesn't salsa dance. Sky asked him to salsa dance on camera and he refused to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think he then did do it later when he warmed into it, but clearly first thing in the morning he was not in the mood for it. Was it Graves? Uh, it might have been, yeah. It might have been Graves. as well, but he was a big cowboy to Uh Brilliant. Uh, Alex Metcalf wants to know the first player to get ejected for two personal foul penalties. Uh, oh. There's only one answer, isn't there, for that? 
What, a key to to leave? A key to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see his hit? Uh, in, it, well, I only saw it because of Hard Knocks. I didn't see it because I watched the Rams oh, yeah. in preseason. <laughs> on Case Keenum. But his hit on Case Keenum <laughs> as he was going out of bounds. He was already a foot out of bounds and Aqib Tlaib came from a good 10 yards away and just cleared him out. And fu- like It was one of the worst hits I've seen and it was preseason. It was fast. No, no, the worst hit I've ever seen was that LSU guy against Wisconsin on Saturday. That was a disgrace. <laughs> Did anybody say that? Yeah, we've already talked about it, mate. Oh, boy, sorry, Ali. But it, but it was a... No. Disgrace. <laughs> bringing, bringing in the Brazil, I love it. Uh, Skull Hulk wants to know the obsolete player, the star who's going to switch teams and fail because of it. Josh Sitton. Oh! <laughs> Chandler Jones. Oh! Oh! It got, it got personal. Who left, who left the 49ers this off-season? Uh, <laughs> nobody of note because we're a terrible team! Uh, I don't have a personal one. Do you have one over there? I mean, can it be DeMarco Murray again? <laughs> <laughs> Is that too, too cruel? Continue to be obsolete. Mike White, the Mike White, wants uh, our Hero to Zero Award, the biggest fall from grace. Kind of a similar award, but they don't have to have necessarily moved teams. Who is going to drop off in a big way compared to their 2015 performance? Carson Palmer? Oh, that's the one I'm worried yeah, about. Yeah, Carson that's what's Palmer in my head. I'm worried about one. it. I've, I've just made him MVP, but uh, <laughs> I think heard everyone else's thoughts on it. Apparently, it's going to be Carson Palmer, Mike White. Uh, Blaine Gabbert. Has he ever been a hero? Well, a little bit. He had one really good touchdown yeah. run. One really good touchdown run. Uh, okay. I don't know if this has been mentioned earlier on the show, but how skinny is Colin Kaepernick now? He's lost so much weight. And he's got really big hair. It's all gone into his hair, hasn't it? Yeah. Kelly loves him as well, doesn't he? He's going to be the star by week four. Fine. Uh, somebody's got to be, haven't they? Uh, and Neil Dutton, in fact, asked the very same sort of question. The Peyton Manning Award for the star player most likely to lose it. Why does everyone want us to predict the downfall of NFL players? Does it end with the Super Bowl? Because that, again, could be Carson Palmer and really round up our <laughs> predictions nicely, couldn't it? Tom Brady. It could be Brady one of these, yes. It's yeah. going to happen, as we were saying before we came on, sooner or later it has to happen. Sooner or later. It may be later, but sooner or later. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, because it does have to happen at some point. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Right, uh, we have, this is the longest podcast in the history of man. This has got abs- absolutely ridiculous at this point, but we do have some real football happening on Thursday night. It's the first time the Super Bowl has been, the uh, Super Bowl replay has been the opening game of the season since 1978. I can't remember what it is. I read the 68. I, wanna, I thought it was 70 or was 78. It? had both of those in my head so maybe it was 68 the Chiefs were involved I think Uh, but it's a very very long time since it's happened the Panthers going up against the Broncos we know that the Broncos obviously lost some uh, ridiculous pieces during the off season they're also going to have Trevor Simeon under quarterback uh, under centre this is set up, surely, for the Panthers to come and spoil the Super Bowl party in Denver. Yes. Yeah, I said the Panthers win this game. I think I was the only one who predicted that Denver would win the Super Bowl. Are you going to predict they're going to win the season opener? No, they're going to get beat. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, it's a tight one. I, no, I think they're going to win. Oh, you can't say this flip-flopping nonsense. I, I'm, I'm, I'm committed with Denver. I just think that the mile-high factor... It, I've heard how loud it is in that stadium first hand. It's crazy. It'll be absolutely bouncing in there. So I think, I think the defence will regress, but I think they'll kind of rekindle the fire for that one opening night game. I, I think it's, it, I mean, for me, that's a little bit like uh, Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton regresses on last season, but only because I can't imagine him putting up 
35 touchdowns, 10 on the ground with only 10 interceptions, putting up the best offence in the league. You know, it, they were just such ridiculous stats that I can't imagine him hitting those heights again. But I still think he'll be up there as one of the best quarterbacks. And the problem is, is that defence in the Super Bowl just completely figured them out and they offered absolutely nothing new. And what's, well, that's what's interesting is, is we all praised uh, Mike Shuler before the Super Bowl. And, and you kind of understand his thinking that this has worked every week, it's going to work again. But... Does he what what have the work done in the off season that's different to what we've seen? Because Denver did definitely figure that out in the Super Bowl, and it's interesting to see what they've come up with to counter what Denver did. Nineteen seventy. 1970, right. yes, yeah. come on. Yeah. And it did involve Kansas. And the Chiefs the City. Chiefs lost the Su- Kansas City. They lost the Super Bowl but won the opener, I want to say. I think so, yeah. Come well, on! It must have been Green Bay, wasn't it? No. 69, Green no. Bay. Kansas was it? City. No, that was 67. Didn't they play again in 69? Oh, yeah, they might have done. Yeah, I think they played one and three. So, this is ridiculous. This is no, just Minnesota. It's Minnesota. Well, they didn't win then, so it must have been the Chiefs. Oh, it must have been two then, because Chiefs won Super Bowl. T- the Chiefs- <laughs> <laughs> this is horrendous. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. The Vikings won the opener, having lost the Super Bowl. The same will happen on Thursday. The Panthers are going to go to mile high and win. And this longest ever podcast is coming to an end. We will have another show either Friday or Saturday, seeing how we feel. We'll look back on the season opener and we will preview a whole slate of Sunday games. How exciting is that, gentlemen? Beyond exciting, isn't it? (laughs) How is everyone spending Sunday night? In their pants watching Red Zone. (laughs) I made a colossal mistake, and uh, I think that's the first time I've admitted this on the podcast, but uh, I will admit it right now. I am going to see Radiohead in Berlin on Sunday night, thinking that it was the week before the season started, <laughs> not the week sure. that the season actually started. That's a little awkward. So I will be watching game replay in the hostel we're staying in on the crap Wi-Fi when I get back. That's garbage, Will. Yep. I know. I'm <laughs> I know, going to go spend, to... I've spent money on it now, so I'm doing it. I'm going to the Hippodrome, uh, if anyone wants to join me. I'll be there on my own. (laughs) 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 A couple of people are coming down. uh, But yeah, come and say hello. Uh, Paolo, if you fancy it, you're you're more than welcome. You're probably busy with your life and wife. (laughs) Um, Uh, It's a distinct possibility. I haven't made a plan, which means that at the moment the plan would be sitting at home on my sofa and the Hippodrome could be better than that. uh, We're live making plans. This is wonderful. It it, it also means our review programme next week will probably be a little bit late as well because uh, unless you guys want to do it without me I will not be doing it until Tuesday. (laughs) I'm quite happy to do it without him, Alec. (laughs) (laughs) I I deserve that. It's absolutely fair. Uh, So thank you very much for tuning in as always at Gridiron on Twitter. Uh, Get on iTunes. Rate us on there as well. It helps us find more listeners. We're also on Stitcher and we're on uh, all your favourite podcast providers just search for The Gridiron Show if you want to subscribe this is your first time listening uh, we've got plenty of big name guests to be coming up during the season as well we've got the international series just a few weeks away building up to that shortly as well so many reasons to be excited football is back thank you for listening this has been The Gridiron Show